one of the best places for us to be as we live out the Christian life is at a place where we are voicing the same words that we just sang, and that is, Lord, I need you. Where we are conscious of our need to be dependent on him. One of the worst places to be in the Christian life is where we are feeling that everything's going great and we are walking in our lives depending on ourselves and not on the Lord. And as we come to Psalm 84 this morning, the psalmist is at the same point as the words of the song we just sang. The person penning this psalm under the empowerment of the Spirit of God is saying that he desperately needs the Lord. Barbara and I were talking this morning as we were getting ready to come here that uh, I, I need to spend more time with us as a church family doing just what we're doing last week and the next few weeks, just periodically taking four or five psalms and looking at them as a church family because they are so rich. They We learn so much about who God is in these, what is really the hymnal of Israel. These were hymns, they are poems sung by Israel in their worship. But there's so much more than just a song. They teach us about God. And when we are discouraged, hurting, fearful, we can come to the Psalms and God can use them in our lives to encourage us and bring renewal and help us. And it's one of these such psalms that we come to today, Psalm 84, called a song of Zion or a song about Jerusalem. But it's really not about Jerusalem. It's about the God of Jerusalem. And remember, for us to really grasp what the psalmist is talking about, we have to think a little bit differently. We have to put our minds into the, into the mindset of a Hebrew worshiper. Because we live in a different time. The New Testament tells us that at the moment we put our trust in the person of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and resides there. Every Christian Every person who believes that Jesus is God and died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin and rose from the dead, every person who is trusting in Jesus Christ has the Spirit of God, God literally, dwelling in their life. But in the Old Testament, that was not the case. For Israel, that was not the case. Most Israelites did not have the Holy Spirit residing in or upon them. The Spirit of God would come upon a specific person for a specific task and sometimes would leave. And so for that Hebrew worshiper to enter into God's presence, 
meant that they needed to come to the temple. Remember that the tabernacle, later the temple, was Israel's place of worship. And in the end of the book of Exodus, when they dedicated the tabernacle, the last chapter of Exodus tells us that God's glory shone there. That it's hard for us to grasp, but somehow God took up residence there. Even though he's present everywhere, he specifically made himself known in the tabernacle, later the temple. So that when Israel came to the tabernacle, later the temple, Israel saw or understood that they were coming into the presence of God. And the person that wrote Psalm 84, the psalmist, desperately wants to be there. He is yearning to enter into God's presence. My wife, Barbara, and I married almost 33 years ago in Labor Day weekend of 1983. And I immediately, we were married, immediately took my bride to Dallas, Texas. What an eye-opener. We ended up living most of our years kind of in the, in the hood. We were surrounded by different the projects, government housing. And it was really a rough area. The first time my wife came to pick me up at my new job, uh, she was at the front door of our company and a man walked up to her between here and about six feet away and pulled out a knife and just held it right at her. We had a guy shot in our apartment complex on the grounds of our apartment complex and killed. We cont- For entertainment, in the evenings, we would watch police chases. It was actually rather fun. The police helicopter would have a big beam. You could go out and sit on your front steps and watch the police helicopter f- after people. It was quite interesting. But after five years of that, of concrete, of continual sirens, because we lived right up the street from Baylor Hospital, of hearing gunshots in the night, I kind of got tired of that. I'm an Iowa boy. We lived out on an acreage between Council Bluffs and Underwood, Iowa. I had my beehives, and I was happy. And my fondest memories were from being on my grandparents' farm, and I would sit in that concrete-filled city and think about the fragrance of fresh mown hay. And I wanted out so bad. We Sometimes in the evening, we'd drive down to Siegelville, Texas, because there was a Dairy Queen there, and it made me think of Iowa. And we'd drive down to Siegelville and just try to get out of the city. I wanted out so bad. I was yearning to get out of there so bad that I graduated on an evening, and we drove away in our truck the very next morning. I yearned. For the Midwest. I hungered to get out of Dallas. And here the psalmist is saying, he, he just, he's yearning. He is aching in the depths of his soul to actually go somewhere. But it's not the Midwest. He wants to go and be with the Lord. That's 
what is driving him. That is where his hunger is. And one of the things we are going to ask ourselves this morning is this question. Is that where I am? Is that my heart? Am I yearning to be in the presence of the Lord like the psalmist is here in Psalm 84? So as we read through this psalm, I'd encourage you to just ask yourself the question, is this representative of me? Psalm 84. How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul longed, even yearned, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird also has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars are Lord of hosts, my King and my God. How blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you. In whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I'd rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. As the psalm opens, we are introduced to a worshiper. We don't know who the human author of this psalm was. It tells us the psalm of the sons of Korah. That's all we know. But this psalmist has, in a sense, tasted the Lord. This psalmist has been in the Lord's presence and because of that has a deep desire to experience more of the Lord. And we see that believers who seek, those who are growing in their knowledge of the Lord, desire to enter His presence in the sanctuary to praise Him and to pray. So the psalmist begins and said, how lovely are your dwelling places. When he says how lovely, he means I love where you live. That's what he says. I love coming to the temple because that's where you are. How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. And remember, that title of God, we saw it last week in Psalm 48, means that he is the Lord of the armies. He is in charge of all the angelic armies of the heavens. And ultimately, even though they don't recognize it, the armies of the earth ultimately answer to him. He is commander-in-chief, all-powerful God. And the psalmist says, I love coming to where you are. Because when I come to you, I come to one who is a God who renews me, who protects me, who enables me, 
the one that encourages my heart. And he longs to be there. In fact, in verse 2, look at the words he uses. My soul longed and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. Now remember with me that at the temple there was a building on a, a hill. That hill is referred to as Zion. So this building had two compartments the holy place and the holy of holies. The holy place, only the Levites, the tribe of Levi, the priests could go in there and conduct Israel's worship. The holy of holies, the back compartment, only the high priest could enter there once a year. So when a worshiper would come to the temple, they could not go actually into the building. What they would do is come through an outer gate and they would worship in the courtyards. So here, the psalmist is saying, I just want to come and be in the presence of my God. I want to enter into the courtyard so that I can pray, so that I can praise Him. I can be reminded of who He is. I can be in His very presence. The second part of verse 2 says, My heart and my flesh, my translation says, sings for joy to the living God. That Hebrew word can actually be translated, cries out. And I think that's a better translation than what the New American Standard here has. He's saying, I so want to be with the Lord, I'm just crying out in anguish that I can't be there yet. He has a deep longing, a deep desire to go be in the Lord's presence. And then he talks about the fact that he's jealous. He's jealous of the birds. Those of you who have grown up in Iowa have probably spent some time on a farm. You know what it is to walk into a machine shed or a granary and have barn swallows in the granary or birds that have nested in the machine shed. Well, here in verse 3, there's birds that have nested in the temple. And the psalmist says, how cool is that? I wish I could be a bird and I could just be there all the time where God is. And then he says, think about the priests and the Levitical ministers who get to have, be on a rotation and actually get to stay in the temple for long periods of time. Think about what that would be like just continually, verse, end of verse 4, praising you. Being able to continually focus in on who the Lord is and His attributes and declare that to Him and sing to Him. The psalmist yearns to be with the Lord. And I look at verses like that, and maybe you do too, and say, is that me? And too often I have to say, no, it's not. And then we have to ask ourselves, well, why? This past week, our house is probably like your house. We have quite a bit of produce on hand, like fresh produce. And Barbara had some eggplant. She had some carrot and some zucchini. I still haven't quite figured out the value of zucchini. Um, It's tasteless, but there must... it's. There's a value there somewhere. So we had some zucchini. So Barbara shredded the zucchini, shredded the carrots, shredded the uh, eggplant, 
made a wonderful casserole with some cheese and tomato sauce. It was phenomenal. I said, Barbara, you make this stuff and it's so good, but you don't know what you did so we can never have it again. (laughs) Oh, it was good. I was just with my oldest granddaughter last night. Two years old, loves donuts. That girl loves donuts. And uh, I know... If I would say to Eloise, Eloise, look what we have here. This is carrots. This is eggplant. This is zucchini, all finely shredded with an aromatic pasta sauce around it with a nice layer of cheese. It's delicious. Would you like some of Grandma's wonderful casserole? Or would you like some of these donuts? Eloise would go for the donuts. And there's been quite a while in my life I would have too. You remember when we had Krispy Kreme here in town and they had that light that would come on that said hot donuts? I'm there. I mean, I am there. And that first one tasted so good and it just seemed to slide down the throat. I better go for two. And then about a half hour later, you feel like you're going to die. It was such a gross Feelings like, oh my stars, why did I do that? And and we have to do that some and experience how empty that is before we finally say, give me the eggplant. Well, what happens to us is that too often, in a sense, in our lives, we are filling up on Krispy Kreme and not on what we really need. Keep your finger in Psalm 84 and turn with me over to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And I'm going to look at verses 15 and 16 of 1 John 2. 1 John 2 verse 15 says, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And what I think what John is saying there is, I, if I'm loving the things of the world, I'm not loving God the way I should. I can't love the stuff this world has to offer and love God at the same time. So if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Why is it so often that we are not yearning for the Lord the way the psalmist is here? And it's, I think, at least in my life, from my experience, it's because I start seeking after the wrong stuff. I start trying to fill up on what, oh, look at that. Wouldn't that be great if I had that? the lust of the eyes, or the boastful pride of life. Oh, if I could just get my dream house, if I could just get this thing, if I could just have this promotion with the company, then I would get the stature within the company that I should have. All of these things that are so easily enticing us. And then when we get them, we're still empty. It's almost like, man, is that going to taste good? And then we finally eat it, and then, well, that's kind of gross. And it's not really satisfying. And so too much of our lives, we, we continue to spend just trying to fill up on stuff. 
until we finally realize that all of that stuff does not bring lasting satisfaction. In fact, we feel kind of gross at the end. And then we can finally get back to where the psalmist is and say, what I really need is the Lord. You see, the psalmist understands that it's in him that we have our renewal, our strength, our encouragement. Notice notice with me in verse 5. He says, how blessed is the man whose strength is in you. And so the psalmist is still thinking about wanting to go to the temple, but he doesn't live in Jerusalem. He has to make a trek there. He has to make a trip to Jerusalem. And for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to go. And so, but he wants to go. He knows what it's like to actually enter into the presence of the Lord. And while we today don't have to go on a journey to enter into God's presence and experience being with Him, as we said earlier, each of us has the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. But there's still parallels here that that just as the psalmist wanted to enter into the Lord's presence to pray and to praise Him, so also that's how we enter into the Lord's presence as well. Even though the Spirit of God dwells within us, we still, in a sense, enter His presence as we talk to Him, as we hear from Him in the Word, and as we join together as brothers and sisters in Christ and actually declare who He is as we sing together. You see, when we sing together at Faith Bible Church, that's not just a filler. That's actually at the heart of what we're supposed to be doing as we gather together. It's at the heart of actually coming together as as brothers and sisters in Christ and praising God, declaring who He is. That's why the songs that we sing at Faith Bible Church, if you notice, always are focusing in on the attributes of who God is, His character. Because it's in seeing Him that we find strength and encouragement. And it's that's what the psalmist is saying. He said, just to go be with him, I'll find encouragement in my life and strength. And so he starts describing in verses 5 through 7 that he that he he's seeking the Lord's presence. And when he, in the process of seeking the Lord's presence, he experiences renewal. He experiences strength. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Now that, what does that mean? In whose heart are the highways to Zion? Now remember Zion is, is Jerusalem. It's, it's where the temple is. It's where God is. So what the psalmist is simply saying is this. As I look toward Being with the Lord. Just the process of wanting to go be with the Lord. Just the planning of wanting to go be with the Lord renews me. I get encouragement just in focusing in on the process of getting there. That highway to the Lord in my heart. The process of getting to the Lord gives me strength. I love to go on trips. And I love to go to restaurants. 
and one of the things that Barbara and I have found is we get just about as much fun out of planning the trip as we do actually going on the trip. Or when I go to a restaurant, I always get online and look at the menu. And we'll talk for several days. Well, maybe we should order this. Oh, I think we better order this. Sometimes the anticipation is better than the actual experience. And that's kind of what the psalmist is saying. Just thinking about this. Just thinking about what it's going to be like to be with the Lord just encourages and strengthens me. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you. And as we're going, the process of being with the Lord, we go through hard times. He talks about coming through the valley of Baca. We don't know much about that, but we know from the Bible that it was a place that's arid. It's really dry. And so the psalmist, probably here from actual previous trips, remembers what it's like. It'd be closest thing to us, you want to get to the beauty of Colorado, you have to go through Nebraska. <laughs> that trip along Interstate 80, that you know, where the highlight is North Platte. And, 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 and we have to make this, I can remember doing that trip pre-air conditioning. And my parents thought there was some value in having these blinds that hooked onto the windows of our car. And in order for those to work, you had to have the windows up. So it's like 110 degrees outside, no air conditioning, but we have blinds. So here the psalmist is saying, ah, we got to go through Baca. We've got to go through western Nebraska to get there. But the process of getting there... Just thinking about our trip, getting to actually be in the presence of the Lord, He renews us. He renews us in the process. There is strength just day by day in the process of being with the Lord. A couple of years ago, I got tired of always reaching into my pocket to see what time it is. I Ever since I started having a cell phone, whatever, what that was, 15 years ago, I stopped wearing a watch. And I thought, this is getting old. I'm tired of having to reach for my cell phone every time I want to know what time it is. And so I bought a watch. Now, I'm kind of old school in some areas, and so I didn't want a battery-operated watch. And I didn't want a watch that I have to wind all the time, so I bought a self-winding watch. Meaning, as long as it's moving... It gets renewed, it gets stronger, it keeps working. If it just gets chocked into my drawer and just sits there, it stops. And the psalmist here is saying, and when I'm moving toward the Lord in my life, I find I get stronger, there's a renewal. What is he so excited about being? Why is he so excited about being with the Lord? Well, verses 8 through 12 tell us. He's actually going to tell us the benefits of being in the Lord's presence. And we're going to see in verses 8 through 12 that, that those who enter his presence, they see grace. They see his glory. We find renewal. When we're with Him. Now we aren't today taking a trek to Jerusalem. But we need to enter His presence just as much as the psalmist does. 
our entering into his presence is very similar to what he's going to do when he actually gets to Jerusalem. We're going to see him praying and we're going to see him gathering with other worshipers, actually singing and declaring who God is, just like we've been doing this morning. So verse 8 through 12, we see that those who enter the Lord's presence in the sanctuary see his grace, they see his glory. And here we see in verse 8, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. So he's going to start praying. He's going to start asking the Lord for what's weighing on him. And he's concerned about Israel's king. And so he prays for the king. He says in verse 9, Behold our shield, O God. Look upon the face of your anointed. Your anointed is a reference to the king. This is Hebrew poetry. There's a parallel here. So the shield is the same person as the anointed. He's talking about Israel's defender, Israel's king. Lord, please take note of him. Please be with him. One of the benefits of entering into the Lord's presence is we can pray and we can talk to him about what's on our hearts. In fact, it's so great being in the Lord's presence that the psalmist tells us here in verse 10, he would actually rather just go up to the doorway of the the courts of the temple and just have to stand in the doorway than he would like to spend days in the nicest house in town. Think about your image of what the nicest house could be. Maybe it would have like one of those screening rooms with a special seat that had Coke Zero coming in a little straw into your mouth and maybe it had a wait staff that would bring you prime rib sandwiches whenever you pressed a little buzzer. Maybe it had an indoor basketball court, indoor pool. Ah, Whatever your dream of the nicest house would be. Here, the psalmist says this. He says, a day in their courts is better than a thousand outside. In fact, I'd rather stand at the threshold, at at the very outer doorway, just to get into the outer courts where I can worship. I'd rather have to stand in the doorway then dwell in the tents of wickedness, in the, the place that's the nicest place in town, but owned by the person who hates God. Why? Because the Lord is a sun and shield. And by that, the psalmist means that the Lord is my source of renewal. He's my source of encouragement. He's my source of growth. He's my source of sustenance. And He's my shield. He's my protector. All those things that we worry about. You never, ever, ever learn what it means to worry until you have kids and grandkids. Then you really start to worry, don't you? All those things that 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 take our attention and our energy. And He says... Because when I'm in the Lord's presence, He's my renewal. He's my shield. I can talk to Him about everything that's going on in my life. And I actually find strength in Him. Notice notice it says in verse 11, He's the Lord that gives grace and glory. He gives me enablement to live out my life. 
I experience His glory and I experience the lifting up of being His child in His presence. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in You. In the summer of 1993, I was pastoring the first church that I ever pastored. And it was a very hard time in the life of that church. We were in the process of completely moving the location from a small unincorporated North Dakota village to a town that was 12 miles away. We were leaving the building that a lot of the people had actually pounded the nails. We were building an all-new facility, and we were starting another church at the same time in Minnesota. So some of our families were going to go that direction. And it was just a scary time. It was a time when, in people's fear, uh, they weren't all that happy with me sometimes. And I was really wiped out. That summer... I went to Promise Keepers in Boulder, Colorado with some men from our church. 50,000 men were in that football stadium that week. 3,000 pastors. And started to just hear the word preached session after session. We started being able to sing about our Lord and who He is. I still remember singing, The Battle Belongs to the Lord, which at that time in 1993 was kind of a new song. And I can remember the last night when they asked the 3,000 pastors who were there to come down onto the, the field right in front of the speaker and then have the remaining 47,000 send down representatives just to pray with those pastors. And I can remember all these total strangers coming around me and laying their hands on me and starting to pray for me. And I can remember just crying. Partially because of exhaustion, but partially because of the renewal that had been taking place over those days. Just being reminded of who God is. Being reminded of how big He is. Being reminded that He loved the church where I was more than I did. That He was in control. Just the renewal of being in the presence of the Lord. And it's not that... Being with 50,000 guys made me more in the presence than being in the van with the guys that I came with. But being in the presence of the Lord, meaning with brothers in Christ who were all praising Him at the same time. Hearing the word declared with brothers in the Lord was renewing to me. It was encouraging to me. So we're left as we come to the end of Psalm 84 asking the question, is the psalmist's heart my heart? Am I in the same place where he is right now? If not, how do I get there? I think one of the things we have to look at is 
go back to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 and say, am I kind of spending too much time filling up on Krispy Kreme? And meaning, are there things that I am trying to find purpose and, and, and worth and renewal in that is what this world has to provide? Am I trying to find my encouragement in stuff or in my job? Or even in my family? Is that where I'm trying to find my renewal and my encouragement? If it is, we can confess that before the Lord. And then start once again on a highway, a pathway, back to experiencing His presence. Coming back into the word again and simply before we read in our Bibles just simply say Lord as I read this today can you show me more about you it's a great prayer for reading our Bibles if you have one goal in reading your Bible one of the best goals you can have is to learn more about who the Lord is as you read your Bible because when we see him, when we get a taste of him, when we get to get more of a clear glimpse of him, the more renewing we find in our own life. Because we realize that he is God. And our confidence can rest in him. He is our shield. And then we can do just as the psalmist does and talk to him. I kind of feel like throughout last spring and this summer, I really believe that the Lord is calling Faith Bible Church to a deeper level of prayer. We need Him. As elders, we've started setting aside one of our sessions on a regular basis just to pray for the whole session. I've started setting aside time every Tuesday just to pray. I've now I've the last few weeks and it's going to go uh, ongoing throughout this year. We've set up for me and one other guy, sometimes two other guys, every Thursday morning from eight to nine. We just gather together and pray. I'm starting something new that I'm very excited about this week. Every other Thursday. I am joining via the internet with seven other, no, six other pastors throughout the U.S. and a guy named Daniel Henderson. And Daniel Henderson leads a national uh, ministry to encourage pastors to go deeper in prayer. And what we're going to be doing from this week all the way through December is learning how to, in a deeper way, take passages out of the Bible and use that passage as a prayer guide so that we actually pray through that passage and use that passage to guide us in how we pray. And I need that in my life because quite frankly, I feel weak. I feel like uh, I'm at a point where I am continually saying, Lord, I need you right now. Between stuff that happens within my own within my own nuclear family to walking with us as a church family sometimes there's not easy answers and people we it's it's hard 
living life. But that's a good place to be. Because that's when we can, we can actually, from the depths of a heart, sing what we sang this morning out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. And that's what the psalmist is saying. More than anything else, I need you. You see, the psalmist tasted some of the Lord and he wants more. And those who grow, who are growing in the knowledge of the Lord, yearn to enter His presence. You may be here today and you are very keenly aware that you need to be in the presence of the Lord. And you're very aware that, that you want to pray. I would encourage you this morning, one of our leaders here at Faith Bible Church, one of our elders will be back in the prayer room. Spend some time praying this morning, right after the service. Telling him, simply, Lord, I need you. I need you this week. Father, we thank you for Psalm 84. The encouragement that it brings us. The reminder that in you... We find our sun and shield. You are the one who gives us enablement. You are the one who protects us. You are the one that where we find renewal and sustenance. And we praise you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.